Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK Phillies podcast. And wow, we have got a lot to cover and an all-star lineup. I am joined by, as ever, from the good fight, Alex Carr. Alex, how are you, buddy? Mr. Dave, good to be here, as always. And um, fresh from last night, it was a it was a late one, wasn't it? Just a tad, just a tad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as you can hear there, we are joined by... A privilege to be joined by a former Phillies player and, of course, the Phillies radio analyst. It's Kevin Franson, everybody. Kevin, how are you? Dave, Alex, uh, well, let's be honest here. 368 pitches, uh, <laughs> a post game afterwards that I'm really new to. Uh, yeah, I'm still recovering from that. Still recovering from <laughs> it. Will, I mean, what a night, right? I mean, what even a in a loss, it was one of those that you saw a fight from the Phillies that we haven't seen, we truly haven't seen over a course of a consistent period of time now, right? Yeah. Where you actually got that little, little bit of belief and it, and it, it got you back into the game. And so, yeah, that, that's the reason why I think I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm not going to say tired, but I mean, recovery from last night, because it was, it was that lull in the second to that high that you're getting near in the, the bottom of the eighth inning after back-to-back homers. You're going, oh, oh, oh it is on. Yeah. And then it's not. And then you're <laughs> and like, then, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. and then, but, but, we, but even the bottom of the ninth, we were so close. It was a good double play. To oh, get that was a hell of a play out. by oh, Anthony Swanson. We were I mean, that stretch, man. I, here, here's the thing. Freddie's got like a size 15 shoe anyway. So like, like he's a <laughs> he's a jerk for being so good. Uh, and so nice. Um, but I mean, one of the one thing that we've seen in the last couple of years is probably the most underrated, underappreciated. And I, and I'm sorry to say it, but from the brave side is, is Dansby Swanson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that guy, I don't care if he was a one, one, there was significant pressure on the guy when he was with the D backs. Obviously he has, he breaks his jaw, gets hit in the jaw. Um, and everyone's down on him right away. And you're like, okay, he gets traded to the Braves. He was good. Not great. He was good. And then each year, better and better. He's a he's a hell of a player. So to make a play in the in the in the bottom of the ninth like he did that yeah. didn't surprise me. But it just like it significantly like popped the pop popped the balloon on that whole thing going, damn it, we had a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ruined it, you know, so he's he's one of those guys that I really love seeing succeed though, just because he's he's had those peripherals and yeah. those those yep. really, really like prone to breakout metrics on his side for the last two years, and he just hasn't gotten there. And this year, he's but taken off. Good work. for him. You know what? Exactly. The, you know exactly. You know what, guys, is that like the the correlation between him and Marcus Simeon mm-hmm. is enormous, and it's crazy because Ron Washington is a part of both of those guys' careers, huge part. That's as true. an infield guy, uh, as you know, third base coach. But I'm just saying, like. There's, there's such a correlation between those two uh, and how significant they are in this league as shortstops. Um, I, you know, again, I apologize that we're talking a little braids right there, but I mean, I, I just appreciate great baseball and great play. Yeah. 
and and the play it took on Gene by Dansby Swanson. I mean, it was a it, it was fantastic. I mean, it sucks, but it's it was conversely though. We may not have even gotten to that situation had what? there been a review that could have happened. That, but uh, anyway, yeah, it's a doesn't good point. matter. There's so much happened of, last night. <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff to glean from last night, even in a loss. And I yeah. think that that is just as fun as winning. Remember, right. though, that play can't be, I mean, it can be reviewed, but yeah, it's, it's not where it lands behind the base. It, it did it cross, and that's where they would have gotten, they would have gotten nowhere. Because we already uh, saw Ronald Acuna Jr. I mean, he was out in on the pickoff in the first <laughs> inning. Right. Like, oh, we didn't see his fingertips. Hell, I don't care if you didn't see, see his fingertips. His hand was still to the base when he was tagged. <laughs> I right. mean, we really saw we saw a lot of that this se- uh, this season and this series. I mean, with with the whole you know Ender and Ciarte uh, tag at second. I mean. Who's to say? I well, well, let's be honest. Everyone was on the same page. Roberto Ortiz I mean, Scott, had him. Scott oh, said he got him. Scott said he got him. So I'm, well, I'm, I'm inclined to say that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to believe Scott, but <laughs> you, you, you know what the the great thing is about this team, this offense, is that everybody's contributing. Even when Harper's having a quiet day, um, McCutcheon and another two hits for McCutcheon last night. Diddy. Like what a, what a player, what a player. Gosling was a bit quiet last that? night, but but and Kingery again. But Quinn came up again, you know. And Quinn, yeah. such an important player, and it's just the versatility in this team now is something we haven't seen a long time as well. And the belief, like, is, is, was that Girardi last night saying, right, we're ten 0 down, no pressure? Is that the manager? Because I've never seen that from this team since I've been following. Uh, um, I, I I don't want to downplay what Joe Girardi's brought. But in that situation right there, that is a um, that's a player thing. And th- when you want to, if you want to attach Girardi to it, it was keeping the significant guys in the game still, mm-hmm. right, and making sure that in- instead of getting them off their feet and all that stuff. Uh, my biggest takeaway was Didi's homer in the in the bottom half of the second inning was a little bit of a response, and we've seen throughout this year for this Phillies team in general, they can score in bunches in an inning, right? It's the following. Do they get that shutdown inning? And the shutdown inning is significant early in the games, especially when you put up a crooked number, you know, we saw against the Marlins in the very first series, they get a four spot in the first. What happened? Vince came out and gave up four or three right away. Right. And it just cuts it. It it just cuts it down. You had it in, in Toronto or in Buffalo against Toronto. Uh, you get the seven in the first. What did they do? They hit a three-run shot in the, in the bottom half of that inning. And it just gives that little belief, right? And, and so yeah. that's on the players. That is on the players because a manager, a coach, is not in the batter's box with you. So if you can make those at-bats still important in your mind, which they should always be. Us as fans could always say that, right? They should always be. It's like, well, yeah. it's tough. And then you add in the fact that there's no fans there. And and sorry to the fandemic crew, but there's a there's a within the inside, right? Where you can hear people in the be room. Be surrounded. Yeah. So the fandemic crew, by the way, is fantastic. Great. We love we them. It's been great. Love them. Yeah. Love so them. it's nothing against that. It, it's just the fact that, like, look, Didi Homers, and there's that, hmm, all right, guys, we got one back. And then you get the shutdown inning. You come right back, or, you know, technically a shutdown inning. You come right back. And you put a six spot 
on. And now it's on. Like you get you get three runs on the board there to make it 10-4, and you're like, oh boys, one away <laughs> from cutting off. And it me it, it matters because now there's 21 outs left after after three, and you're going, or or after the two, you're going, there's 21 outs left. You start playing with outs. You don't give away yeah. outs as they did, you know, late in the game with Gene Segura and getting doubled up. But the outs are important. And on the right. flip side, the Braves, you know, we saw a couple, I'm not going to say costly moves, but Dansby maybe tries to, uh, on Gene Segura's ball up the middle, maybe try to to lay out, block it down, right? And 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 just make sure that nothing happens after that. Well, there's that defensive and the mo- that momentum that was going. And right. so, I mean, it, so much last night for this team um, that you don't want to downplay the player on this. Joe Girardi is huge. Joe Girardi has been nothing but brilliant with mm. this franchise and this fan base. Uh, I look, I, I I've texted him a, a bunch of times throughout this whole thing. And, and I've, I played against him as far as, you know, when he was managing with the Marlins and with the, the Yankees a couple of times, um, the guy is a leader. You don't get to a thousand wins without talent around you, good coaches and that stuff. But as I texted him and, and you could be, you know, uh, all about the coaches, players in, in significant moments, but there's someone that has to lead. And if they follow a great leader, you're going to get that number of wins. And especially in the time that he did. Yes, sir. Yeah. And that's, that's ultimately the huh. other thing that you, you know, you look at some of those teams that Joe rolled with in the past. I mean, I always love bringing up the 2013 Yankees, you know, with like Lyle Overbay and like all these, you know, it, you you can't downplay the fact that he's able to put up such an incredible like eight, I think he was eighty five and what well, well that would make it seventy seven but like he he has had some brilliant he's led some less than brilliant teams to some brilliant seasons mm. and you can see that you, you see that leadership with him here and uh, again what you said Kevin about the players those two home runs those back to back home runs in in what was that the bottom of the eighth I guess bottom of the eighth yeah yeah. Uh, Roman, yeah. first of all, Roman Quinn going four thirty, love that. Yeah, see, you see, here's the thing. Here, here, I question that because I went on my baseball reference page the other day because uh, you know home runs and they, they they can go on there and you can see the distance. I hit one into the second deck into left center for a walk off in in Philly, and it said it was three eighty eight. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? And so when that came up the other day, there was someone that hit something. It was like four 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 twenty. I was like. My ball went so much further than that, and and you know what? Oh, I'm yeah. just I, I I I need a redo on this one. Yeah, no. But here's the thing: you love it when Roman takes the chances when he needs to, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, that is the biggest thing. I I talk about it a lot on the radio. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense to a lot of people, but it is something I've been taught since a young age. It was reiterated when I was in the big leagues. The scoreboard is the greatest coach. It is going to tell you everything that you need to do as a player. It, 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 it'll tell you when to protect the lines as a third baseman or first baseman, you know, double up in the gaps. Uh, it, just everything. And as a hitter, when to take chances, who you are, what you're going to do. Um, I, I still think that's a huge part of Roman's game that he doesn't get yet. I, yeah. I, that's, I truly believe it's not, a, it's not a knock on him, but it's repetition, right? Mm. He hasn't had a lot of that over the years. Um, and, and he's going to get it, you know, when to bunt, when not to bunt, when to take a chance as a, as a home run, you know, hitter, two strikes. When do I need to shorten up? Just put it in play instead of taking that big hack. I think that is 
you know, some that we're going to see, but from Roman, uh, you know, I, I, I just, I love what he's brought as far as the energy on the base pass, because this team has taken off significantly since they've started putting pressure on the, on opposing teams with yeah. the speed. And it doesn't matter if you have speed or not. It's good base running, great base running, pressurized base, uh, base running, you know, stuff where you're not getting thrown on the bases. But if you do, do it in an aggressive way, and that's what they're doing. And they're they're like 20 for 23 in, in yeah, steel gonna situation. Yeah, just going to say the which same. Is, yeah, it, which and is, they've had two – well, one was a pickoff on a terrible pickoff by Corbin, right? right? It was just yeah. like a – and Didi got picked off. Uh, I want to say – uh, JT's was oversliding. The, was it JT? Yeah, it was JT oversliding the base. Yeah, 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 it was. And, yeah. and so technically, I think it was it was Gene Segura Roman, at second Roman base. Off at one point two, right? I don't know. Well, no. If, if you get if you get picked off going back to the base, it doesn't count again. Yeah, yeah. Count, yeah. No, I, oh, I yeah. mean, so I, is he six for six on steals? Yes. I can't yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Then I'm wrong. So, so the big thing. I mean, look from a, Let's take it from the defensive side. When you have a team that's going to pressure you. As far as not only with the home run and, and, and balls in the gap, it is the speed on the base pass. Right. What that creates, that anxiety. You just want a little bit of anxiety towards that defense. And it sucks mm. on the defensive side. Mm. When, you're, when you're having to, uh, you know, have that in the back of your mind. Like, where's the speed? Well, it's everywhere. What are they going to do here? It's like, oh, it, the moment you start getting multiple thoughts going on a, on a defender – there's a there's a chance that a you know some little you know mental mistake might happen a physical error could happen because of that, and and look that's a lot on Roman that's a lot on just the team in general uh, and I would love to see you know Scott Kingery start finding ways to get on base because yeah. you know having him uh, get going would be even more exciting and more pressure on the on the opposing teams right and. I, Go ahead, Dave. Go, go. I was going to say the thing is with Quinn. You're talking about defensive errors. I've seen a few times now. Quinn stolen for second, and they've they've missed the pickoff because of yep, his speed. Twice. Straight to third. Yeah, twice already, and it's happened. Uh, with Jean's had a couple as well where they've just missed it. That anxiety you're talking about, it, it it's it's giving our base runners more confidence as well. They're seeing we can, we can steal these bases, put them right. under pressure. They're making mistakes, and it's it's just, giving it's giving us runs. You know, just go just go right. back to the run, right from from 07 to eleven. Just mm, go back right. to that time, and and yes, it like Prolific it changed it, it it changed a little bit, but you had one of the most dynamic, you know, crews when you look at it with Jimmy Shane and you know Jason Worth, Chase Utley, and it, you 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 can go up and down that lineup and go. I don't care how slow guys were; they were mm. aggressive on the base paths. Yep. But they were the most significant base runners. I mean, Jason and, and, and Chase were probably some two of the best base runners we'll ever see. And yeah. that has nothing against Jimmy and Shane because they were fast, right? Yeah. Well, Chase and, and, and J Dub were fast in their own regards, but they were brilliant upstairs. Yep. And you know, taking the extra bases, you know, adding Davey Davy Lopes at first base, you know, as the first base coach and in the base running that they did. I mean, it was significant. I mean, then you add Shane and, and Jimmy stealing like almost 100 bases that year, you know, a couple of years <laughs> in a row. It's like, I'm getting yeah. nostalgic. <laughs> but, but there's, like- there's, it's significant. It's significant because the right. best overall teams, right? Defense, you know, offense, uh, pitching, but the base running is a huge cog in that whole thing. And that's a part of it. You could say, yeah, it's part of the offense. I separate it. Mm-hmm. I think base running is its totally. own entity in the whole thing. And I think that if the best base running teams, not the most like stolen bases, 
but the best base running teams, as far as being aggressive on the base pass, taking the extra base, you know, having a great, not just good uh, stolen base percentage, but a great stolen base percentage, taking the extra 90s, ball and dirt. We're seeing that. We're seeing the yeah. start, you know, and it's creeping up on these these teams as as we're seeing poor, poor catching displays as far as, far as blocking balls in the dirt, um, you know, not being able to get around a baseball. I mean, Travis Darno got lucky. It, Last night, I want to say in the, uh, I want to say it was actually in the ninth. I mean, he times. backhanded a couple sliders in the dirt. You're going. Yeah. And the other night when he was, when he was catching Shane Green, when Shane Green was everywhere. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, it's, but that's, and on that, Kevin, I mean, like, that's something that, and, you know, I, 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 not to knock Gabe Kapler here, but that's something that we didn't see under Cap because Cap was worried about, you know, Still Maybe sending right. that guy and and losing that extra out or you know that that marginal move, but to have a well, yes, in in air quotes for, for those who are listening. <laughs> well, listen. in air but it's it's like we we had somebody like you know Cesar Hernandez, who now we're seeing in Cleveland. You know that speed is important. Yeah, we yeah, have Scott Kingery. You know we have Roman. We have these guys that you can send and they can fly. Yeah, but not. But we just never did. But not only that, but we've got Harper and, and Kachua. Right. They're not Bryce the fastest, too. but as Kevin was saying, with like Utley, smart, smart base oh, runners. Bryce. Kutch, Bryce. Bryce, smart player. base yeah. runners. Uh, Jay Bruce has had, what, two triples this year going for yeah. the extra? <laughs> yeah. you know, but it just shows that they get, they get the mentality of pushing the extra base. And sure. they're getting on always thinking. and they're getting us run. Yeah, always thinking, right? That, that's the biggest thing. That's the most significant thing. you got to always, as a base runner, as a hitter, the moment that moment that ball hits a bat like you become a you are a base runner it's you're not a hitter anymore and so you got to find that that mentality you know you got to separate from from hitting and base running right away uh and this team has done a a hell of a job i mean the the thing with the thing with cap look guys i i I truly believe like he's a good man he's a good man uh and, and and fun to talk to um but when it comes to some of the things that I disagreed with, the you know, winning at the margins and all that stuff, like you have to learn how to win first. Trying to win at the right. margins is is something that I think is significant when you go and move forward as a winning organization. Now you can start looking at that. But if you're if you're not understanding and and learning how to win and already know how to win, then why are you trying to do something at the margins? You Absolutely. know. So no, you got to win at the forefront first. No, you're right. hundred percent. Right. And, and that's where we are in the minor leagues. Well, you know, when the minor leagues are there, it's like, yeah, you're developing the players, but I was brought up with the giants and uh, Lenny Cicada was my, my manager, one of my favorite managers of all time. And he was a former player last, if you were to, uh, you know, stump someone who's the last person to play shortstop before Cal Ripken started his streak, it's Lenny Cicada. Uh, so, we we had all these conversations, but in A ball, I was I was fortunate to be there for half a year before I got moved up in my first season, and all I learned from him was not only that there was a player development and care, but there was a a, a player development to win, mm. a winning player, and all there was a lot of us. Uh, you know, I got traded the last week of spring training in ten. There was a lot of us that were on those teams with Lenny. Oh, by the way, they won three of those titles. Right. Yeah, in a five year yeah, span. Yeah. And it started significantly with there. And I think that is where you have to, as an organization, uh, the analytics. Awesome. I, I do think they're, they are significant. Uh, the development of the player is huge. 
but the development of the winning mentality is even bigger. And you cannot learn to win in the big leagues. You have to learn how to win in the minor leagues. And when you get to the big leagues, you're ready to roll. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Let's, um, let's talk about Reese Hoskins. Just, mm. I am so happy. So happy that he has found himself again. And just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you two, because obviously I can't see every single game live. Um, Why not? You got to wake up. So <laughs> I, know, I, I know, I know, right? Like I know. It's only five hours. Yeah. I've had my body clock completely on its head this last week, watching this streak. I've not been, I've had to stay up and watch ditchy every game, except last night. My body could not do it. I've been. I don't blame you. So Two many late nights. through the first three innings. Yeah, trust me. You. you didn't miss much. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not yeah, in the grand scheme, difficult. I guess. Um, <laughs> you two who watch every game. What's been the biggest difference between Reese at the start of the season and these last two weeks? Is it, is it the swing? Is it Because he looks more relaxed in the plate and he looks more aggressive as well than what he was. He's not taking as much. Um, but is there more to that, that what you guys are seeing and have seen from Reese these last couple of weeks? Well, Reese, from the beginning, when, when we were doing Zoom conferences with him, Reese has always said from the start that he's been locked in. I mean, he said he's, he feels good. And you can see that because he's, you know, he's putting up really good plate appearances. He's really, uh, he's waiting on his pitches. And I know a lot of people uh, get frustrated with that because he lets some things float down the middle. But I mean, he's not a guy that wants to, you know, strike out in every at bat. As much as we're used to power hitters nowadays, you know, it's either, you know, it's the home run, it's the walk, it's the strikeout. Uh, you look at, you know, Joey Gallo of Texas, who is buzzing with trade rumors uh, is he still in texas here, right now <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see by the end of the day that's a moving uh, story the, the padres no. just acquired uh, mike clevenger so i mean we'll we'll find out we'll see and i mean it wasn't the braves so we're well, okay with that i think <laughs> yes damn yeah the padres wow sorry i was just yeah but, just seen that um but anyway uh you know i always what i always say when it comes to reese is i'd rather my power hitter be selective than wasteful i'd rather he go out and you know take his pitches wait for that one pitch that he really wants to drive or take his base instead of striking out instead of you know barreling a ball that only goes so far to left field i mean i would rather he be comfortable with what he's swinging at and he looks like he's getting around to that point now and that's really exciting because i mean we have all been kind of waiting for him to uh, maybe not walk as much and step into that <laughs> yeah, power yeah, hitter yeah. power hitter role, even though I think getting on base is, is incredible because it, it's that next man up mentality, as you know, everyone keeps mentioning with this team. It's all about you know, just moving the line forward. Um, but I, I love now that Reese is really picking his pitches and he is driving them far. I mean, even on the, the stuff that he's trying to spoil just for like a, 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 you know, double down the line like he did with his first hit yesterday. I love that. I love the fact that he is now not afraid to reach over the plate and poke something past the third baseman. Mm. I, and I think that that is a great sign. But I would love Kevin as, as somebody who I'm sure has a lot of opinions on this topic. I, I would absolutely love to hear yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, look, here, here's the thing. I, I've been talking about this a lot about Reese for... Dude, I don't know. Like even beginning part of last year, right? Uh, towards the end of eighteen, 
the 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 swing is, is one thing, and and there's a control part that's another thing. And I and I think he lost control of a lot of uh, things. Uh, mentality. Um, you you have this significant you know pull success, right? You're talking about like we we find out that you know the pulled fly ball for Reese is like he's like a 700 hitter. And or or whatever the numbers are. And so now you think, OK, you got to uh, that's all I'm going to do. Well, that's not what got you there. Mm. That is not the mentality that got you to that spot. And so right. I wonder, uh, you know, where the, the change was. He says there's not a lot. I'm sorry. There is uh, there's that, there's a significant definitely. amount. Uh, we saw him right chasing a lot more, trying to yank. Uh, when you don't trust yourself, you 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 end up on your front foot. You try, you know, you're guessing on everything, and we started seeing a little bit of guess from him uh, this year. You know, with Joe Dillon, it's been a. It, it, I'm never going to say it's been a fight because they've been fighting together. It's a yeah. it, it, as a, a hitting coach and a player, you could see the bond that they have and the try and the effort in trying to get this thing worked out. Um, the use of right center field, and and I'll actually go back to it. It is. The very first series I did uh, in 2018, it was my first regular season games as a broadcaster. We're in Tampa, uh, and it was Jackie Robinson weekend and, and all that. Well, recent started the year out in 18 pretty pretty slow, like first, what, two weeks? Yep. He had a ball to right field, and I'm telling you, it was like 10 feet off the ground. And it just an absolute bullet caught. And I, and I remember distinctly getting on the plane being like that, because that's going to lock you in. Yeah. I'm like... It doesn't mean that you're an opposite field hitter, but that right. means it's starting to get on time that you're hitting the inside part of the baseball, not the outside part. You're going to get carry. Now you clip it just a, just a few inches in front of, of that. What happens? That ball's gone to center. Yeah. Right. And, and so as we've we seen saw, Reese start go. to go, you know, to right center, we've seen that pole have a little bit more carry, not as much topspin. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been bullish on this and I've blamed him for this and I've told him this. So I don't feel like wrong for saying it, but I'm like, look, if you lose that, you're not going to, you're not going to regain it. But right. as an RBI guy, we've seen the best RBI guys. They're not pole guys. Yeah. yeah. They're stay no, up the middle. It. They're middle. Cruz. It is absolutely. The, it is the, and yeah. What happens? <laughs> what happens when they make a mistake up in the zone? Exactly. And it shoots like, him out the left. But that's the cool thing about Reese now is that like we started to see that at the beginning of the year and everyone was like, oh, Reese always hits balls hard. Like he's always sending stuff. No, not to right center. I mean, he had that 412 foot fly out against Garrett Cole. I looked at that and I was like, oh, that I mean, that's a mm -hmm. home run, first of all, in 29 other parts. Second of all, he does not. He prior to this season, he was not sending balls there. And I mean, he did that a good three or four times. And that yeah, is and right when he so came exciting. up, he, I mean, look, he wasn't hitting balls the opposite field, but he was driving balls the other way for outs, maybe. Oh, yeah. And it, it, it is so significant because we're always looking in the analytical world. We're always looking for the, the you know, the, the one thing that's uh, we got to attack and the strength. And mm. OK, but there's still this, the mental side. Mm -hmm. The one thing that, you know, these hitting gurus on on Twitter think that they know everything and they dismiss all these big leaguers and everything because their jackass is number one, but number two, they're trying to sell a product and all that. So you got to like, yeah. uh, at least give them something. Right. The one thing they continue to never 
talk about is the mentality of a hitter. And the mentality of a hitter is, you know, I was fortunate enough to play with some of the greatest hitters of our lifetime. Seriously. Um, number one, and maybe on the top of the list, is Barry Bonds. And I had a, a, a fantastic relationship, still have a relationship with Barry. Uh, and we've had conversations, and it's like it's significant. But when he would think about hitting, he was thinking about staying on top of the baseball, and you'd have all these things, okay? So I bring it back to hitting Twitter, and you're like, see, he says that, but he does this. Okay, you guys are idiots if you don't open your mind and understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he doesn't think on top of the baseball and he just thinks this, it significantly changes that swing even more. Right. It's just, it's a, all that hit and miss. And so with Reese, as you know, to go back on it, um, I think he got so much into the dip and drive and try to pull. I've talked about his hips of late. His hips are significant for me because the moment they really drop down, like you, you'd see a significant, like just watch his belt. If his belt drops down quite a bit, he's going to pop. I almost said it. He's going to pop crap up. And we see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if his hips stay level and relatively, they don't go up and down a whole lot. I mean, the guy gets a lot of drive legs, no matter what. He yeah. tries to create more. And when you try to create more, what happens? Things go off. Your head starts moving. It's hard to hit a moving target. Um, and, and for Reese, he more than anything needed a little bit of success. He needed that one homer to go. And then we've started to see the significant increase in, in, in confidence, you know, overall, uh, his takes aren't taking the take his takes are, I'm ready to hit. I'm taking because I see it. Yeah. Right. And, and I think, uh, you know, to, to even go to the point and, and at the very beginning, Dave, what you were saying about Reese Hoskins and we love seeing it shoot his broadcasters, as a friend of his, I feel like, because I, I, you know, both from Northern California, we talk all the time. I'm so proud of him because, hey, he is a hell of a human being. Number one, his work is an eyewash. Mm. His work is real. And you yes, just, you feel for him when it wasn't going right. And you could see it always turning. So, I mean, to, to go back and say, Man, we're all like we're all pumped for this, yeah. Because we've seen the wear and tear on a mind. Now it's yeah. just we need to see the the wear and tear happen a little bit on Scott Kingery, because <laughs> we need to see significant changes there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you say that about Hoskins. We've said it before. He gives you want to root for him because he gives you that relatability. You can see the frustration yeah. and you can feel it with him, and you can uh, when he when he gets out when he's that close to a home run as he has been so many times he walks off just deflated and you want to go reach just yeah. so close just stick with it and yeah i agree like, with like, alex we we have been on his bandwagon we uh we've always been behind him <laughs> it, it's there we, we can all see it and i'm so so happy that he has broken out these last two weeks and it's huge Wait. for the team and it lifts everybody else as well you can right. you can look at it, okay. So like I talked about that right red center mentality. What got Andrew McCutcheon out of this whole thing? Mm-hmm. Number one, tr- a little bit more trust in his knee, right? Yeah. But he had a, a few games where it was just a couple singles here and there, right? To mm-hmm. right center. Mm-hmm. We All have right. seen the trust in that knee a little bit more, so I think that's helped out quite a bit. But him staying inside the baseball, the right center, having a couple line drives. Now he's starting to feel okay. Now you, it, it, it's almost like a batting practice, like working the field, right? Exactly. And now you yeah. see it 
Kevin, I was just about I mean, to he's say that. a couple balls out. Uh, think about it in um, we we're just in Washington. He had two balls to right center that were caught right. by uh, Victor Robles, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I thought he got it. Then he hits a double in the gap, left center. But those were all built up by that in my mind. Doesn't make it right, like right or wrong. I'm not trying to say you try to get out, but like there's so, some like little checkpoints. You're like, if I can get, if I start hitting the ball there, there's something about hitting the ball the opposite way into the gap or something, out or not, that in your mind you're going, uh oh, what yeah, shot yeah. <laughs> Which is what immediately, that's what immediately turned me on to Joe Dillon. Cause I remember I came and I watched BP for the first intra squad game that I got to attend. And all Joe had guys doing, was just hitting stuff to the opposite field. And I was like, well, okay. Like, that's like a normal part of BP. But like, even guys like, you know, Didi, even the, like the most pull happy guys that you'll ever see. And then they shorten up, like seeing these guys shorten up on two strikes is like music to my ears. Uh, I mean, you're talking to a guy that struck out like once every 12 at bats in the big <laughs> leagues in his career. Like, I hated it. I, 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 I found it to be the most embarrassing thing in the world. Right. And, they struck, and so like, they, last they year you would like see the other day. You, you would see like uh, what? I think they were like 23, 24 percent strikeout. They're at 20 percent, guys. That's a sig. I mean, the last time we saw a significant drop like that, there was a trash can involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that right. and that's a fact. Yeah. And, and, you know, Joe Dillon, um, I, I knew him in, in Washington. I've known him. I played against him. Uh, I love him. Um there is a humbleness behind him. There, it is not about Joe Dillon. It is about his players, which is uh, another, you know, significant, you know, it's like Brian Price. It's two guys that are added into this uh, coaching staff that has been significantly different. Uh, the opposite of field approach, especially in batting practice, it like for guys like Didi, it is exactly what we were talking about. Like being able to stay inside a baseball makes that, makes that, that pull ball have that extra backspin because now you're not getting around the baseball. So the, the bat, you know, the bat head hitting the outside part of the ball. If you could think about like a, a, I mean, I have a billion baseballs and I don't have one right here. Anyway, (laughs) think about, you know, the seams are just pointed, you know, at you looking, you know, vertically, right. Yeah. And you're a left-handed hitter. You're not hitting the outside one. You're not hitting the one, that's away from you. You're hitting the seams that are inside, closest to you. Mm. And if you can do that, and now you go opposite field, you do that, you hit there. Well, now try hitting those same seams on a pole. Yeah, you're going to yeah. get the backspin now. But the moment you get to the outside, that that part of the baseball where, you know, the, the outside, you know, of the seams, uh, you're just going to get hook spin. You're going to get, you know... Uh, grounders you're going to get rollovers you're going to get no care stuff and so joe knows i mean joe is a part of an organization that uh has one of the most impressive philosophies i think as far as without even having to do it they do it is using line to line i was a part of it it's a line to line it's not about one way it's about we have to be good hitters and battle and mm. there's a compete part in joe dillon as a hitting coach when you get in that batter's box, it's you and the pitcher. There's a compete. We got to remember we have to compete. And these guys, I I will never say that they weren't competing last year or the year before, but there's a significant change in mentality with two strikes, which is 
not about the A swing. Yeah, the A yeah. swing is there if the scoreboard tells you. Mm. And that's, I mean, that's why I keep saying I would not be surprised to see DD's first opposite field home run of his career this year. Because I mean, we've seen he's drilled a couple balls that way. I mean, yep. he had a he's being he had close. A double that turned into a triple the other day. He yep. had, um, did he did he have a triple last night? Yes, he did. To, yeah, triple home run. It was to right, to right though, to right. But still, I mean, we're he's going oppo probably more often than he ever has in his entire career, which is like that's significant. That is, it, it, it is. That is all. I mean, it makes you it makes show. you dangerous as the entire as an entire team, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. Because then, and especially with the shift and how much I was just going to say that, that they've, they've they've stopped shifting on Diddy now. And on, yeah, they, I mean, they didn't like, shift look, guys, yesterday, mm, which was like the so slice down was, line. Right? Yeah, I was like, yeah, what? Well, which was you crazy. know what's crazy is that like I, I love when people I don't know how you guys are on the shift. Uh, they're like ban the shift. I'm like why? Because then like because I'm all about the hitter being a complete hitter, right? Yep. So the moment you ban a shift, you're you're taking the accountability part from the hitter away, mm. because we see so many guys hit into the shift all the time, right? It's like well, you got to work on trying to to beat it. Well, that's what Freddie Freeman is. Right? Freeman, I mean, he's a yeah. guy that. He could beat a shift because he you can't he stop. takes his he takes his <laughs> it, there's no ego in his hitting. <laughs> there's he, no ego. No, no, he's amazing. I, so, I yeah, I mean it's like it's seeing guys beat the shift. There's moments like Bryce did it because they were you know it, it was significant part of the time uh, of the game where he was struggling a little bit, but it was like, all right, I'm gonna do everything possible right now to shorten up, spread out, and go. Yep, and he did. He won. Uh, and the fit the Phillies <laughs> end the Brave series at five and five, which is a good return. Yeah. That's that's good. That's against the, the last year's pennant winners. That's good. That's what exactly what we asked for. Um and that's with a couple that's the couple I mean you think about it, they there were some winnable games in there, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What could have been? What what could have been? Absolutely. Um, but that's the beauty of baseball. We are four, 14 and 15, just below 500, three games back from the Braves. The NL East is wide open for us. What an, what an opportunity. And everybody coming into this season saying, well, it doesn't really matter. I, I mean, I'm in. I'm all in. Guys, uh, let me, let me <laughs> ask this. you guys this. What is it? So for me, uh, playing one game this year was a win because yeah. of everything mm-hmm. that had gone on. Um, and I, and I, I think, you know, that's significant. Uh so you're not going to hear me say like, oh, it's only 60 games and it's not like, no, I'm like, I've been fully invested because these guys yeah. are fully invested. I don't I know how tell. you guys are <laughs> in team and, and, and uh, really, you know, the, you know, legitimacy of the, of this season. But for me, I don't care if it's uh, 60. Yeah, games. I'm with you. I'm with you, Kevin. Like I am um, from the start, Alex, we're discussing for the season. We're all in like. It's yeah. We need it. We need this. It's been what? What a crap year it's been, you know. And this, this, watching the Phillies and the way that they have, like you said, fully invested, has really picked me up. Like I love watching these games. I, I forget there's no fans there half the time, you know. And I, I forget even what's going on around me and around the world when the Phillies are playing. And that game last night had everything. And you, you lose yourself. You don't. You forget that it's. It's a 60 season game and, you know, a lot of people viewing it as, well, there'll be an asterisk against your name if you win it all and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, exactly. honestly, 
especially if like if 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 the Tigers win the World Series, I they're sixteen wow. and sixteen, they're far from it. But like yeah. if the Tigers were to go and win the, you would dare put an asterisk next to that. Well, the Padres, a team no, that had you, guys, you know, you know, it's incredible too is that they're sixteen and sixteen. You have the the Marlins at fourteen and fifteen, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're looking at teams and the the Orioles, the Blue Jays, teams that you would think would be tanking. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. I, I've said this, and I said this on MLB Network Radio when I was doing shows. I feel like if you're a team that tanks this year, I mean, you should be relegated. Yeah, yeah. because because this is the this season is yeah, it's about the players. It is more about the fan at home and entertaining them, and you better be doing everything possible to entertain them. And the Pirates, the Red Sox, no chance. We understand that, or you know, and, and I get it, but it's just like to see the teams that were not supposed to do anything. Be where they are right now in a shortened season, it is significant. And it, right? And, 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 and if mean, we get yeah. all the way through and we do crown a champion, that's a win. And oh, it's a win because as a society, we've seen a lot of change. We've seen a lot of hurt, a lot of death, a lot of everything. Um, and to get through that time and and to be able to, you know, it'd be a selfless act. There's been some, you know, blips mm. in the radar you know, in Major League Baseball throughout this whole thing, but I've seen a very selfless players association as far as being able to do the right thing for each other to get through the year. And you talk about a significant win. Yeah. That would be a significant win. Not only just the champion, but being able to get through an entire season. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what I mean, was emphasized leading up to this whole thing, right? Like all it takes for, for one club to be competitive is it takes one guy. And then if that guy's struggling, it goes down the line. I mean, if you can have one player stay hot the whole time, who's to say you can't compete? Who's, who's yeah, to yeah. say that you, you can't, you know, it, it, there's 16 teams, more than half the league is going to make the playoffs this year. And when you're in the playoffs. Which is great this year, but it sucks every other year. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, I agree. I, <laughs> any, I, I went in. I went into this year with the, you know, this is a one-off year. And I've, at the start of the year, I thought, you know what, stuff it. I'm going to embrace it. It's, it's a one-off. The extended playoffs, fine. Whatever. Let, let's have it. Seven double-headers. All right, fine. Cool. Let, let's have it. Let's have fun with it. It's, you know, it's been, as I said, such a bad year. It's going to be different anyway. So let's, I've embraced it. And I've enjoyed this year so far. Where we've got a month baseball to go. We're right in it. I'm fully locked in, you know, as I always am. You know, I'm I'm every Dave, let me ask you, do you like the seven inning games? Uh well, I tell you what, from a British viewpoint, we get two games in one day. And it's cool. You know, the early start and then another game. Uh yeah, we get to see two games, but I get the flip side of it as well. But I I wouldn't have it from like look, I'm I'm old school in so many ways, but I also enjoy the fact that there's a little bit of change. There's a little bit of uh, we get complacent, I think. And, and mm. you know, some of those nine inning double headers are terrible. Yeah, that's terrible. Man, Especially yeah, if they like, go extra. This one, yeah. this one elevates that, you know, from the, the importance of pitch one mm. right away. Because a seven inning game, like you're you're already like you're in the third inning. You're, you're, you could think of it so many different ways, but you're going pitch one is so huge. And we're seeing so many. I feel like there's been a significant – tell me if I'm wrong on this. I mean, I could be way off, but this is just an opinion. I've seen so much change in, in, in strategy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Managing taking guys out or keeping guys in and, and, and just pinch hitting early, you know, trying to get right. that, that matchup that plays. It just 
it adds a level. I've, is it something I've, I don't I, I want to see going forward? I, I mean, I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. Because have you noticed or not? Like I I like not being complacent in this game mm. and having a little bit of change mm. is nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Uh, what what yeah. do you make of the? If I could ask you two both, actually, uh, the the runner on second in in the extra. That. That's a very controversial uh, rule, and it probably only be for this year. But I'm all for where, it this year, I'm yeah. all for it this year. But I'll say this: uh, Scott Fransky the other day told you know he we're doing the roundtable, and and he you know made his opinion, and it, it like significantly changed. I, I like I feel like I think a lot. And I never even thought this part. And it's like, well, when you get to the playoffs, you're going back to normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, that's true. What What are we doing in change? You know what I mean? Like, so that that kind of like changed a little bit for me. I like it for this year. I mean, it's not one mm-hmm. I want to see going forward. I don't because as a as a player, um, it's hard. It, it's hard enough to get on base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and, and having that you know ability to get. Anyway, I'm not sitting here and bashing it. I think it's fantastic for this year because, again, it is a part of that experiment. I wish they would do more. I am elated that Bryce and Reese took the mic in the last two games. Yeah, brilliant. That's been brilliant. For me, it's significant for people to hear them on the field, but it makes me mad. It It actually enrages me that it's Alex Rodriguez or John Smoltz talking to these guys and not our guys. Did you, did you hear yesterday? A-Rod, like Bryce said that Freddie Freeman's one of the most underrated players and A-Rod went to something about Instagram straight after. So A-Rod has everything scripted out for him that he just wants to say. He's like, guys, great player, you know, enhanced, all that stuff, whatever you want to say. Um, there, I, I went in to, to listen to a couple, a, a little bit of it. Uh, last night um, there is a humbleness that he tries to create this you know like oh yeah I wouldn't and and Viscurgeon asked him you know what would you be doing in a game like this you know 10 nothing game oh, oh I'd be that guy that was 0 for 5 and like huh, everyone's getting hits but me mm-hmm. shut it yep. yeah shut yep. it like, he tries to play this guy that wasn't good hey Alex that's me Right in in, in <laughs> yeah, the yeah. real world, like yeah, I was a major league player, so I was better than a lot of people. I get that, but in the major league level, I was whatever, you know. Like I could say that, I yeah, could yeah, say yeah. that. He's a guy that hit you know six hundred and you know ninety home runs or whatever it was, and you know it's third all time in in RBIs. And you're going, just save your comments on there. It does not make you real. So then when you do that to Bryce, it's all by script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What you right? just said is, is, is that's exactly. Why I, that's why, um, you know, I wish it wasn't every game. Um, but I wish Tom, Ben, John, uh, you know, Ruben. Because mm. we obviously with the can do it. You're not going to, you know, they're not going to care because yeah. it's about the story, what we're, we're, we're doing. But yeah. for TV, like, I wish they would let, you know, the, the local networks guys that have a relationship yeah. with these guys show yeah. that agree i think it'd be i mean tom mccarthy is one of the uh, he is so good and oh, just the, you know flack he gets drives me oh, insane you know why he gets flack because he's 
Because he's great. He gets flack because he's great. You don't see, you don't see, you know, like the, the bad ones really get flack. I'm sorry. You don't. That's true. You You're right. Don't. You're right. Nailed, nailed it. Yeah. I but Joe fuck crapped on because he's great. You know, he's and, and Tom McCarthy nice is the same way. He gets crapped on because he's great. And people always are trying to bring people down in this world. And you know what? I would love to hear Tom be in someone's ear in, in the field. And I think it would be significant for our game. I think for regionally, I think it would be huge. It would bring it would be an added feature, especially in a year where we don't have any contact with these guys. And it right. sucks. Yeah, yeah. Taken away from a lot of that. Yeah, and it was it was nice for us. Uh, I saw the Reese Hoskins one. I learned more in that five minutes than I've ever learned anything watching baseball. You know, and just to hear Reese's mentality, like he was already high in my books, but in corners, like he's up there. Like how open, honest, and just here's the thing: for someone to say like when uh, when when Smoltz asked him like how long did it take you to 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 leave out, uh, you know, leave your bats. You know, one, you know, right, right after the out. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say Reese is a liar, but liar. Like, <laughs> you, like, you think about that until the next time you're up. And if you, if you're one of those guys that, that isn't, like, damn. Cause, it, you know, to me, it's either the bat's fault, the batting gloves' fault, or the helmet's fault. Usually it was the helmet's <laughs> fault. Right. So that's what, like, I would love, I want that answer out there. Cause that's a, that's the truth. Yeah, I, I, I listened to it because I, you know, I, I played double A, which is over here, which is a far lower standard. I think 12 year olds in America would be better than the standard we play. But <laughs> we, we, we play for fun and we enjoy it. We all have the same passion. We love You're the game. Baseball. That's all that matters. Exactly. exactly. And every bad at bat I have, I take to the next the next at bat. It's always in my mind. Even at that level, it's just it bugs you. It just bugs you and it is the, the helmet the helmet slipped oh i just just caught my vision just missed it oh, i'll get it next time <laughs> no no no. see it never slipped it was it was it was thrown right yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> that's it that's it even at any level around the world it's the same you know and the, the passion over here is the same as the guys in america you know we all play because we love it and it's just a great day out but when i heard you say that i was the same i was like well hang on really you know do you do you <laughs> Um, but moving on, our schedule for September is more than over 500 winnable. Like we should be, uh, well, okay, feet on the ground. Cause I know I like to get ahead of myself and I'm being heartbroken too many times, but we've got the Nats, the Mets, the doublehead against the Red Sox, then seven games against the Marlins with two doubleheaders on paper. I know baseball's not played on paper, but there is reason to be pretty optimistic going into september and playing beyond right is it yeah am i getting ahead of myself or uh... um no i i think for this for this team i think uh i mean if you're a major market team and they they add an eighth team and you know they they add the expanded playoffs in this like it, you got to be thinking playoffs got to be one of them yep but yeah. here's the here's the thing guys is that we've seen uh in the last few years especially those winnable games aren't so winnable if you have that yeah. mentality yeah 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 now there i i don't know where you guys are on this but i am a believer uh i i hate the expectation to win when you go to the field do you expect to win? I think it's a it's a crap thought. 
Uh, yeah. well, there the is a that's where the complacency steps in. There is a want to win. Yeah. Right. And the expectation, if you go to the field expecting to win, that is just throwing all your talent on the table and being like, yep, my bad. And I, I, I think there needs to be a more of a want against the teams that they should beat uh, instead of expecting to beat them. Like, yeah. we expect them to beat the Marlins, but we don't. We, don't. we, we were below 500 we last year against a team that we did not – well, below. want to win, yeah. it felt like. Yeah, and it was the Marlins that cost us a postseason last season. That those well series. But that that and that's the, why the Nats. That's the why Nats I'm cautious. Five and fourteen against. But yeah. Yep. That's why I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic because we need to see a significant change in mentality against the teams that they play against. It mm. needs to be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you into the ground. Right. Like it, it, it why... should be. It should be like. Um, you know, for American football, Dave, for, you know, uh, uh, you know, Clemson going up against an FCS school, they should be, they want to put up a hundred points on them. That is the expectation yeah. is the, I'm going to absolutely destroy you. It is the teams that think, oh, we're just going to roll out and we're going to win. That's when they get upset. That's when Michigan got beat by Appalachian state years ago, right? Yes. Because they went out expecting to win and not wanting to win. But that's why. I feel like that's why we always keep seeing, you know, the Phillies show up in series like the one that we just saw. They and the Yankees. Convincingly, yeah. They convincingly win two of the first three games and then come back ten down by ten. They come back yeah. for ten months. I mean, they show up to those games. They know they yeah. can compete with those teams. Yeah. But then sometimes it seems to dissipate when they face the Marlins or even – I would even go as far as to say when they faced the Nationals last year, when the Nationals were 19 and 31, I, I would go as far as to say there was a little bit of arrogance there just because they were confident in that they could, on paper, beat the Nationals. And lo and behold, we were 5-14 and 14 against them. I mean, that's pathetic. But when so, you manage off the paper, I, I'm, I'm, and, and this, is not a, this is not a slight, but this is a fact. Like, You're right, Kevin. Because I, I fully embraced that they're, the analytics are significant. Mm. But I also believe that if you should beat someone on paper and you believe that, I mean, you have a 50-50 chance to win. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, if, that, you, but... If, if, if on paper you, you are supposed to win, but you don't care about that and you want to win... Like, screw it. I'm coming to the yard. To, I'm going to rip these guys' throats out right now. I'm right. Step. And I am just absolutely going to – I I, I think there's a, a, a correlation between those two that uh, we don't talk about enough because there's the paper and then there's reality. And the reality is, do you want or do you expect? If you mm-hmm. want, watch out. If you expect – Scared. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the reality was yesterday that like the fact that the Braves were getting Tommy Malone in was like a big deal. Otherwise, they were mm-hmm. going to have to go bullpen game. You know, it was it was Huascar Enoa and and a litany of other guys. But that's the thing that their expectation was they were going to get the Tommy Malone that was averaging six innings a start. That was you know that's what they were planning on getting. And the Phillies shelled him. I mean, they yeah. did. And you just can't go into these games expecting that. You know, your Jake Arietta because he threw a five inning, 54 pitch, you know, killer start last week doesn't mean that he's going to come back and do that again. And he definitely didn't. I mean, 
it's baseball. Like Kevin said, it's, it's completely unpredictable, but that's yeah. what we love about it. So I think it's important that they go into these next 30 games with the mentality that they had last night, with yeah, the mentality that, yeah, we're down by 10 runs, but holy crap, we can all, put all them is, on you just as fast. It's all about the 24 hours left, right? At yeah, that moment. that's it. That's it. It's like you come in, you got to think like, cause that's the thing is that like you score all those runs early on. It's like, there's a lot of game left. Yep. And mm-hmm. did we expect them? Seriously? Did we expect them to come back and make it like, we no, did? I, I, no. On that? No, no. no, but, but as a player as well, you kind of have that doubt. We get that, right? We all get that. Mm-hmm. All you need is a few, like it just it, it correlate baseball in life. All you need is a break to go your way just here and there. And you start getting some momentum, and that's what happens. Keep the line moving. Yeah, I, I think that's why I'm I'm more positive and optimistic this year because I believe Girardi will install that want into the team, like we saw last night, like this last week, because 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 we were we went on a five game losing streak, and then many teams could have gone, especially in a short season where a five game losing streak means a lot. Many a team could have gone. Well, that's probably it now this season. But Girardi just and the players, like you said earlier on collectively have come together and just five game win streak. Like who saw that coming? Like, nobody. Well, because there's, there's again, this is not to try to bash on it, but you're, when you're trying to win at the margins, you're stressing over things that are out of your control mm. in a game where you have to know and learn and see how to win. Yeah. Right. That learning and winning is uh, how to win is not on a paper. And these guys have an instinct about them. Uh, and, and Girardi is a huge part of that with the coaching staff where they're not taking their concentration away from what's at hand task yeah. at hand. You know, yeah, when, like I was saying earlier, you have to learn how to win before you can learn how to win at the margins. If you're learning right. at the mar- winning at, you know, learning how to win at the margins and you haven't learned how to win yet. You have a 500 to below 500 team. Yeah. Right. You know, and well, it, it, it's Kevin, like you said, and again, this is not to bash anybody. I, I no, because I, I really, I, like I said, I enjoyed Gabe and I, and I enjoyed right. talking to him. He thought differently. It, gave, it, it challenged you, but there's, certain, me, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he gave me a lot of opportunities, but I do have to say that, you know, when it comes to the two, different managerial styles you look at joe and joe after that five game losing streak sat down with his guys for what he called a brief uh meeting because they it, usually are exactly <laughs> right <laughs> he, he they talked it out and then they went off they lamented on it like they they let it marinate but it was nothing like you know they weren't dwelling on it with gabe i almost feel like you had to um work through that those losses in front of him in order to talk him, it out exactly yeah, yeah. You had to, you had to talk it out in front of him so that he could know that you were processing it in front of him so that he could also feel better about it which i feel like is not um that's just not like it's cool to be to be close with your guys but to be on that level i'm not sure is helpful as a guy that is supposed to be coaching these players and I mean, I, I love Cap as a human being, but I definitely see the change in style 
And I yeah, think yeah. it works better for this group of guys because they're so young, because they're so, uh, they want to win. They're eager. They yeah. are hungry. And I think that Joe's presence has just done immeable amount of, an immeasurable amount of good. Yeah, there's a, genu- there's a genuine belief, right, in, in guys. There's not going out of the way to right. be like, oh, well, he had a great take tonight. And that, you know, thinking that the player is going to hear it and go, man, he loves me. It's like, no, there's a yeah. genuine belief behind what's reality in front of you, right? right? And what we've all seen. You don't need to go out of the way to praise someone because a player should know. Now, mm. there's times where we all know that a guy should get praise when he needs to because it's a part of the whole process of like pepping him up a little bit right right but there's also accountability too and we've heard mm-hmm. that from from joe where you know the mentality is too much of, accountability from joe yeah, yeah exactly yeah. but i, it, I agree just, even even the, the guys are even they're hustling better as well you know to, to uh, first base yeah. small example like that but it's and, and i think diddy coming in with joe and having worked with joe Girardi before helping probably even relay what Joe wants. You know, Joe can put it out there and Diddy can show on the field and show in training. This is what Joe is trying to show you guys. I think Diddy's been just as important off the field than he has off the field. And I think he does a lot more than what, what he gets credit for. Um, I, I agree. I, I, I Look, the problem is, is that we don't get to see it enough this year. Um, yeah. You know, we I, I saw it. Definitely in spring before the, you know, the pandemic and everything uh, and his significance to this franchise already. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Didi's special. I mean, we, we, we knew it before he was here. He could have fallen flat on his face this year. And I would still say the same thing because I've seen him year after year put up either numbers or be the good person consistently that he is. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's just to see him on an everyday basis has been so much fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah my my first day at Citizens Bank uh, after the layoff, he was the first person I ran into, and he hailed me from across the street. He was like, "Hey, how you doing?" I He's was like, like, "I'm I'm good, man. How are you?" <laughs> he was like, "Oh, you know me. Always smiling." And I was like, "Always." Wow. Always. I was like, "Wow, this guy yeah. is like he's yeah. he is a good man. He is a yeah. good man, and he's a great player. And he's I mean, the guy speaks four languages." Uh, He's, he's worldly, but like he, and he's knighted. I mean, that's pretty cool, but he is just a good You're man. You're not knighted? I mean, maybe one day. <laughs> By yourself, uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. By me. But, 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 but if you put Diddy and Kutch as well, those two characters in that dressing room, like as a youngster, or if, not as a youngster, as anybody, as any human, you can't help but be lifted by those yeah. two in your locker room. Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce. Home. I mean, we saw we saw it in Atlanta got- when he made a few errors, and and you know, people we we highlighted Joe saying something, but Didi was with him the entire time. Like right. walked over, said a few things, stayed right by his side because it's a lonely moment. You make errors, and you make errors consecutively. It it dwells on you, right? Yeah. You feel like you're alone in this whole thing, but. Jimmy's done. Jimmy did it a few times to me when I was, you know, playing third base and in, in, in a new role, basically uh, after playing second base for so long. And you make a couple throwing errors or whatever, and, and he's over there. He's like, "Okay, Fran, San Fran, what's wrong with you?" And I was like, <laughs> and, "And and he would just be, he would just, he would give me the duck lips. He'd be like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> I got your back.' And it, it it was so significant. Yeah, right. It was." 
And so seeing that with Alec and, and Didi and seeing, I mean, you guys, as a young guy having a, a veteran presence like that, I had Omar Vizquel, mm. right? And you talk about great. Yeah. But he never made it like, why aren't you making that play? Why aren't you doing this? He never made you feel that way. He'd be like, hey, man, don't worry about it. Like, next one, you got it. And it's like, okay, Omar is saying that. And it pumps you up. Well, yeah, he yeah, does yeah. that yeah. to someone, and it's going to pump you up. It's going to get you like, to over that hump. Yeah, I feel like that is such an undervalued commodity in this, in this game. Because you look yesterday, Davey Garcia of the Yankees. I don't know if you guys got to watch his start. He was excellent. But he's, that's a 21-year-old kid being caught by Eric Kratz, one of the greatest oh humans. I mean, he, you talk about just veteran presence. A 40-year-old brilliant yeah. catcher who has managed to, you know, just keep navigating his way through the game. But, I mean, he is just such a wonderful man. And Davey put all his trust in Kratz's game, and they, just, they went right through. He was spectacular. Mm. And they hugged it out. At, at, at the end, they'd get back in the dugout. They'd, you know, keep conversing. I, I just love seeing that in this game where, you know, so many people like you keep hammering on, Kevin. I mean, so many people just completely throw out the window this mental aspect of this game. And it's, it's, such, a, it's such a big part of the game. I mean, I think, so, I think it's a little significant because the physical tools are going to be there. Right. right. You're you're in that you're in that spot. It's the people that mentally are strong enough, but mentally that understand just being able to process what got them there and how they right. can go, you know, and make the adjustments. You know, it's not always just the physical part. It's just like I was saying, if it's up here, like with Reese Hoskins, if if you lose just a little bit of a thought of going the other way because you're like, oh, I'm, you know, X, Y, Z over to left yeah. with a pull. Like my numbers are this, like it should be that way. Well, that's not what led you there. Now, is that what led you to make that error in the field? No, because like, I wasn't thinking, well, maybe, maybe you put yourself in a spot where you prep yourself, right? Like mm. your, your pre-pitch pep preparation, like, you know, knowing the, the runner's speed, what he likes to do. You have the card, all that, you know, get it done. Yeah. Right. Have that checklist. And it's up here because the mental part of the game that's what we'll win games and lose games because the, we, we see a lot of mental errors that, that lose games in significant spots. Why? Because the moment's too big for them? Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe that, that moment, they weren't able to think through that normal process of theirs. Right. Because yeah, things yeah. speed up. And that is the mental side. And that is what is overlooked way too much. And I say it again, the analytics are important, but it's how you process the analytics. It's how you process the situation that the scoreboard is telling you what it means right yeah and um, i feel yeah. like that's wow. yeah that's that's something that we saw i mean a lot of people don't like to attribute uh just like mental processes as like a reason for struggles or anything like that especially people on twitter and we don't even want to get started on that but i i feel like that's why a lot of people were so um quick to judge Bryce Harper when he came to Philadelphia first. Because, I mean, you look at Bryce and you saw in his free agent year, obviously playing it safe on the defensive end, puts up, you know, not a, put, puts up not as much. But you'd be stupid to go out there and, and make a silly mistake. 100%. 100%. You're like, you know you're getting 300 million, million plus. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
for the love of the game, I get it. But also, like, that is different. That that's not making you rich. That's making you wealthy. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's like you 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 would be silly to to risk your health in that situation. Obviously, meaning that he's going to put up a little bit less of a defensive resume than he might have normally. Then he comes to Philadelphia playing on a $330 million contract. He's swinging through a lot of pitches. I mean, obviously, he wants to be a superstar for his new city, the city he's going to be in for 13 years. Yeah. But now you he's settled. He's here. He's not worried about a thing. And he's putting up an MVP caliber season. I mean, that's not a coincidence, I wouldn't think. Um, no. And, you know, I don't personally know Bryce, and I, I, but I've, I've heard him speak many times, and I've gotten to uh, learn this a lot is, from him. Yeah, this is, the Bryce that, this is the Bryce I knew before guys would show up in, in, Fort, like in, our, in our locker room um, in 14. His locker room was right next to mine. We talk all the time. And then when guys would show up, it's like he almost like kind of buttoned up, trying to, like, appease all the older guys when it was just like right i that was a, one of my most significant things to, to guys that you know from the outside looking in and then being inside there with him was i hope he gets to enjoy these days you know right. as a big leader mm. as a young big leader because there's so many expectations from the outside world but there's also huge expectations by him that he put on himself yep. but what we see now is what he was always before yep. like the, before the guys would show up i mean the you talk about conversations. We talk about hockey. He and I both have a love for hockey and it'd be just back and forth, you know, the whole time. Uh, I was hard on him as an older guy, but not over like really baseball stuff. It was just like, just to, to crush him as a, a young guy, like make sure like, Hey, like we when we could treat you like this and have fun with you and you could, you know, give it right back. That's significant for a franchise. Mm. You see it with and the Warriors. Why did the Warriors take off and ascend the way they did? Because Steve Kerr was able to do like a Popovich on, on uh, you know, Tim Duncan. If he could get unload on Tim Duncan, everyone's going to follow. Well, if Steve Kerr can unload on Steph Curry, people are going to follow. Be like, look, he's not off limits, right? And so for a player's perspective, I mean, like, with Jason Worth, what, and that's why you see, I think, a lot of what Bryce is now Uh Jada was hard on him in a, in, honestly, in a loving way, loving way, hard on him though, because Jason believed in the player that he could be and not about expectation of money and all this. Like, no, yep. it's about what you could do for a franchise and the expectations mm-hmm. and how you carry yourself. And, and Bryce never carried himself wrong. He carried himself with passion. Yeah. You yeah. know, and people yeah. hated that because he carried himself with passion. Yeah, uh, and, it, and that, you know, what we're seeing in the outfield. I mean, Jason was a, a really good outfielder. He took it serious, took his work yeah, serious. Yeah. Well, we're seeing an older, wiser Bryce, Bryce I guess, in yes, the whole sir. situation. But I mean, he's he, he is who he is, and and it's it's pretty fun to watch every day. Absolutely. You, you want to talk about somebody to teach you, you know, how to act like a professional ball player. I mean, J-Dub is the... Well, you, the I mean, yeah, yeah, you could say it with Jason, but I mean, you had Adam LaRoche, you had... Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you have Ryan Zimmerman, and you had still one of my favorite, if not the, my most favorite teammate ever, is Ian Desmond. I mean, you're surrounded yeah, he's, by guys and myself, you know what I mean? Like, we... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Don't but sell I mean, yourself like, short here, Kev. You're yeah, it's just about, you know, being accountable <laughs> as, a, as a teammate and all, so... Uh, no, but guys to be able to put up the numbers that they did to have the success that they did but have the care and love that they did about not only 
teammates, but about being a professional, sure. I think is goes beyond a lot of things. And it, it you know, you could talk about it in the baseball world. You can talk about it every walk of life, mm-hmm. right? The people that you surround yourself with, the the ones that are successful, like there's a professionalism behind it, right? There, there yep. there's something behind it that makes you follow or want to be like. It's not just the success, but it's the mentality that gets you there. Um, for me, like, look, I had I had Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper. That's who I grew up listening to and being around and talking a lot to to get into this. And then I then I meet Scott, you know, like at post playing, meeting Scott, knowing Scott as a player is one thing. But being able to see and, and watch a pro and Tom McCarthy watch a pro go from sport to sport and the game's just like this, as smooth as can be. Yeah. And to Jim Thompson to go from hockey to do baseball and you're like, I'm mm-hmm. around pros. I'm yeah. around people that I think uh, as we we found out with Ryan Zimmerman, with Ian Desmond, Jason Wirth, they loved, loved baseball. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that is a huge thing because not only does Tom, Jim and Scott love baseball, but they love broadcasting and telling the story of the games. And for Jim, hockey. For for Tom, baseball and, and, and the NFL and college basketball, there is a love and a passion, not only for sport, but for what they do. And that's easy to follow. Yeah, it, it comes across. It comes across to everybody. Yeah, and does. that's why I enjoy it, because he's enjoying it. He's got great chemistry with John and, and whoever else joins him. And it just it's easy listening for the viewer, and you, you enjoy it as well. You you if the game's not great, but I can still listen to Tom all it's day. Entertaining, exactly right. Yeah, there. Kevin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> listening to you and Scott is and and Jim and, and Jim. Yeah. Oh, and LA. I mean, it is it is a treat. And you, I, I hope you know that. I hope you know you are you are very well loved. I was well, look. I I appreciate that. I just know that Scott he plays t-ball with me. Because he tees everything up. It's a joke. Uh, but that's that's been fun, being able to, to have the relationship that we do. I can't be L.A. I'm never going to be L.A. I like the game all the time. Need- L.A. doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. why I love L.A. But, like, there's a significance behind Larry, right? I mean, it's yeah. you don't just – you're not here because you're Larry Anderson. It's because you're really good at what you do and you're Larry Anderson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and And – for me, I there's no shtick behind me. There's just my passion for the game, which is I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, for the Phillies franchise and, and knowing all every day that I get there that I was brought in, um, I guess I won, you know, the, the Kevin whole thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I'm in, I'm still a part of a franchise that has the blueprints and, and, and footprints and the markings of, of David Montgomery. And mm. I'm a part of a franchise that has a lot of love and family in it. And that, that matters to me. Yep. And it brings, um, sort of brings on to, to Greg Murphy, who I, I'm praying the Phillies bring him on in some sort of capacity because my, we talk about passion for the game and, and the love of what they do. Greg Murphy was that man who is, uh, God, I, I love the guy. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gutted gutted that he's not going to be signed next year. But Well, Dave, 
Let me let me stop you real quick and just tell you that Greg Murphy's a jerk. Uh, <laughs> you know, so that that comes across every day. Yeah. Uh, he's know it all. Yeah. He's all this now. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. It sucks. It is a part of our world that we live in. But you know what? Uh, what I've learned through uh, the people in general, I'm sure you guys have learned through people in general, the great ones, the great people, not the oh. great whatever they do in their life, uh, just the great people. Mm. They see things different. They All they don't blame others. They look for solutions. They look for answers. They look to do something different or, or you know, another capacity. That's Murph. I mean, that Murph is as is, is great of an individual as you're going to find. And I don't care That's if he's a, a partner in this whole thing or not. You meet Greg Murphy, he won't forget who you are. Nope. And I don't no. care if you're... Uh, a, a person that thinks, well, I'm a nobody. I don't care. No, stop. Because that would—that's not Murph. Like, no, it, Murph has brought some into the to the franchise to the fans uh, that isn't just significant. I think it's uh, it was um, compassionate, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, a classic example. He interviewed me at Citizens Bank Park uh, back in 2018. And then I thought nothing of it. And then he messaged me two days afterwards on Twitter going, hey, it was great to meet you guys. Uh, if you're ever back in the in the area or back in Philly, let me know. So I did last year, thinking nothing of it. I said, oh, Greg, I, I'm back in Philly. Um, we called C for two seconds and, and say, hey. Not only that, but he took me up to the commentary booth and, and I met you and, and um, John Crook and, and Tom. And he showed me around. And I was just blown away by the genuine compassion of isn't it, isn't it crazy like the the littlest of things like that right which yeah we think is little is such a huge huge deal because i'm gonna be honest with you uh those moments by murph i'm not saying he does it all the time but it doesn't never surprises me because it's never about murph mm-hmm. and we live in a world that is so i oriented it's not about we it's not about you about yeah. me, I, all this stuff. Murph lives in a world where it, it, if you smile in front of him, it made his day. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like it's that that is an actual depiction of Murph. Like yeah. oh, you can yeah. walk by him, say what's up, and and give him the biggest smile, and, and he's just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it, it, even when he's come on for the podcast a couple of times, he's been amazing. He's given us so much of his time, his enthusiasm, and it just it makes everyone else around like it makes me smile all the time when I, when I see him on telly. He's smiling with Murph, you know. He just it, it oh, what a guy. Because you know, there's you know there's a, a struggle for there's people in general that struggle to show that outward emotion of of happiness, right? right? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. being passionate about what they do. And so I'm going to show you and and you know Murph does it with a smile on his face. And that's him because yeah. that's Murph. I, I've seen him mad a handful of times. And I think it, every single time it's been on a golf course. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm. And, and <laughs> it throws you off. Like the, he gets yeah, pissed. And shot. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, and you're like, you kind of get uncomfortable. You're like Murph, like I never see you like this. So <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, he's an incredible individual and he'll land on his feet. And I, and oh, I yeah. do, I do think at some point, whether or not it's you know now or in you know five years he'll be with the Phillies because look he's a huge part of the Phillies now yep. and moving forward because people are always going to be like I miss Murph 
right? Mm-hmm. And I think He's that's an actual that's that that's significant towards Murph. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I call him Free G, so just let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly on to the uh lastly trade deadline today. Uh Philly's um well the outview I'm getting is nothing's gonna happen. Uh looks like I'm, no- look, I'm trying to look right now to make sure that we haven't done anything yet, but the Guys, I mean, it's, it's one of those mind. things where you can try to go and acquire something to make yourself better for now. But if you don't have a whole lot of uh, a surplus of things in the minor leagues, um, it's starting to build up. You just you can't you can't significantly take away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I concur. The yeah. only the only issue that I see, and and this is just coming from somebody who's, um, you know, I I spend hours slaving over these things for torturing myself uh but you know there is a there's a roster crunch coming for the fills um just in terms of uh 40 man spaces uh especially when it comes to some of the younger talent they do have so i would not be surprised to see them get creative um that said i don't think there's going to be anything uh super blockbustery um but I, I, I still think there's probably a move for a reliever left. Uh, probably a controllable one, I would think. Um, I, I, like an Embry. Like, like yeah, a Heath Embry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I was just thinking David, David Phelps of Milwaukee is having an, an absolutely brilliant season. And if I had to pick one person that I think, because he has a team option. Well, because Joe trusts him. Right, precisely. Mm. So it's, it's, it's uh, probably going to be a move like that. Uh, and I... I Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, this organization is so airtight, and I feel like we always say that. Um, and I, you know, I, we'll see if if something big does happen, that'll be great, uh, or maybe not so great. But do you, do you think way, a, do you think a sixth starter is going to be needed? Because we've got a lot of double headers coming up, especially in the middle of September. Maybe, maybe um, a low key. I'm not talking a blockbuster. Yeah, but I'm I talking mean, an yeah. opener, even type sort of rotation pitcher. Yeah, but ah. Uh... Here's it's the problem is that like I think a lot of franchises the the price tag is gonna be so yeah, high they're, they're on some of the starters yep. because we're seeing a lot of starters drop, yeah, right, yeah. right? The, in, to to the injury bug and that's that's significant, and yep. it sucks because you're like ah oh, man, but it's a part of the reality and the injuries are part of the reality. Well, the the significance of of trades and in the amount of prospects, well, you can win now and overlook the future. And I think there's a, a, it, it needs to lean more towards the win now, but you can't lose sight of your future. Right. If that, ma- if that makes sense at all. No, it does. No, it yeah. Does. If you're, if so. you have young, you know, if you have young talent everywhere, uh, you know, like if you're the nationals, I mean, uh, if you're the Braves, I mean, the, the amount of youth that they have, you could see why, you know, a Drew Waters, a, uh, you know, Christian Pache, uh, and then you have, you know, Kyle Wright, you have Bryce Wilson, who is, yep. those two haven't hit their expectations, but they have a glut of in, in, uh, the amount of depth that they have for that position. You could see them trading some of those guys, right, for, right. for mm-hmm. a significant piece. And the uh, other Because it makes sense, because they have already other things. Yeah. So it's all, it the always other- comes down, I think, for the franchises that are great. Um, is how you develop because those development players are, you know, as far as your own players are going to be significant on the payroll, uh, you know, for the six years of control, it helps, you know, 
balance out that that whole thing with the uh, you know higher price guys. But don't give me Bryce Har- Harper is a, a high price guy. Uh, don't ever like you can never tell me that Bryce Harper is ever going to be a high price guy. If he's twenty five million dollars, he's uh, he's at a price where a lot of people would say, well, yeah, that's fine. They always go three hundred thirty million. It's like it doesn't matter. It's about his annual. It's about his AAV. His last three yeah. years in his contract, he's down to like twenty one or twenty two million. He right. has he has given this franchise the ability to move forward significantly with him involved. Absolutely. Yep. And. Another thing about, you know, significant trades at the deadline, and Kevin, I'm sure you will attest to this. They they really don't want to mess with the team chemistry. Uh, so I'm sure it's going to be uh, with the young players they do have, uh, namely, you know, guys like Adam Hazley, Scott Kingry, guys that other clubs may be after in terms of like, hey, we would like you to include this person in the deal. There's a chemistry that they've built now that I'm sure is uh, it's, it, will be yeah, altered. It's mm-hmm. be altered. I think. Guy, there's a real there the, there's a realistic sense in the in a in a clubhouse where you know what where you can upgrade, sure. and you know how significant guys are in there. But you're like if it's if it's gonna make us better on the field, we we have to do it. Um, yeah. I think the David Robertson injury, the 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 setback, not the injury, but the setback, uh, I think really changed mentality of you know Matt Clintac, Ned Rice. Mm. Uh, where they have to go because I think that was going to be a huge. That was going to be an addition, right? That was a trade. Yeah, that was, well, a yeah. that was functionally yeah. a trade. Yes. So yeah. you know, with, with that happening, I don't know uh, what they do. Um, I don't see it being big. And I agree with you. It's is it is it a bad thing? Is that big? No, I don't think so. But because it also has to deal with, you can't be taking away a ton from that minor league system that you need to develop to create a non-mess, yep. I guess, financially at the big league level. Correct. Agreed. Absolutely. Um, wow. I mean, that's just about everything, I think. Aaron, Aaron, you get 20, Aaron t- unless you want to talk about JT for a bit. But <laughs> oh, God. What? You know what? I'm going to have to leave on this one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we all know he's a great player. Uh, but for uh, people that... I will say this, and 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 I think being a part of the players' union, people know that I side with the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Middleton is an incredible human being, right? As far as ownership, uh, the Buck family, uh, we have to kind of sit back and and I don't care what your value of a franchise is. There's an actual reality of now and a significant part of what you know they have to endure mm-hmm. and take on and the loss of money this year is significant right. so being able to say oh it's so easy to sign jt and it's, it's not no, with so not. much unknown like and and it i just i i really i feel for them i do because it's one of those that it, it can't be easy trying to forecast what the franchise, uh, you know, financials are going to be moving forward, you know, not knowing fan availability, you know, at, at the onset of next year. Um, we just don't know. And so I, I think it's easy for people to, you know, talk about it when it's not your money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? And, absolutely. And, and for what those two individuals, and Jim Buck, John Middleton and their families. I mean, throw in the families, the ownership group. 
what they did for the Phillies franchise employees in keeping, you know, everyone on paying everyone full every everything through June, where other franchises were were furloughing people, uh, yeah. firing people, letting people go. This franchise remembered, you know, what David Montgomery had had really set up, and that's family. And I think that is, it's not going to be significant to fans. It, that is not going to be significant to fans because it's all about what's the product on the field and all that stuff. Well, it's significant right. to us employees that are here and with the franchise. Uh, and we know what it means to our families. My wife's pregnant, right? She's due in October. Oh, congratulations. Um, I appreciate that. But like for, I think everyone knows that, you know, has a, a child many ch children or don't have children or expecting or trying it is a lot of anxiety taken away when you know that you're not only it's about the payment part but it's about the insurance part and being a part of that franchise they took care of that for us mm. right you know so it you know people could say what they want about going over the luxury tax well by the way they have a lot of employees that they have done nothing but good for and yes, sir. that's true. It, it's one of those where if they sign JT, oh, wow, that's awesome. You know, but to to speak and, and try to understand the mentality of them where they're taking not only the, the significant part of the, the, the franchise on the field is one thing, but they have a whole family that they're trying to take care of and us employees. Uh, it, it you guys have done nothing but show love to all of us. Yep. Yeah, no, I. I, I, and even that side of it, I don't think fans have thought about until you've just actually said there. And um, where Alex was saying before, the Phillies are so airtight. Again, the JT situation, we don't, yeah, we, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like as you just said, Kevin. And yeah, I think we just sit back and wait. It was sit I, back and. Yeah. I think personally, and I, I don't know if you're allowed to speak on it, Kevin, uh, but you know, uh, I think, I think, they well, I'm gonna wait to see what you say, so then I can. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> this this organization, the organization, understand. I mean, it, it, they're not. These are trained professionals. These are guys. Baseball's their life, I, as well as finances, things like that. But you know, they understand the value that JT brings to the organization and to the team. Uh, and I don't think it's a matter of do they want to bring him back. Um, it's it's just a matter of it, there's so much unsure right now. There is so much yep. that is unknown. And that's the scary part about all of this, about quarantine, about the virus, about everything. Everything mm. is just unknown. The future is is very murky. We, we don't know what's coming. So it's hard to give a definitive answer about anything right now. But I think you have to recognize that they understand. They they do see his value. It's not, They're not just saying... Uh, we don't need them. Obviously, they they want to keep them. Yeah, around. I mean, so. you you saw with the Dodgers and Mookie Betts, right? Right. Mm. They significantly, you know, they paid him a significant amount. Uh, that obviously a lot of teams would. Let let's let be honest. Yeah. Uh, but I think what we should have taken away from that is they had a better understanding of where they stood financially. Right. And it, and 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 <laughs> I'm not saying our guys don't know. I'm, my my whole thing is, 
they may, as a Dodgers organization, may have had a a clearer picture for them mm. easily of knowing what they could and couldn't do, and so they did it because they knew. Right. That was just a significant thing, and and you know, moving forward for them, thirty five million dollars a year for Mookie Betts is a lot different than twenty five million dollars for Bryce Harper <sighs> a year. Yep. Yeah. Moving yep. forward for a franchise, I'm like. It's going to be interesting how they do this in the next few years with the Dodgers. It's a juggernaut mm. yep. what they've built. Yep. Can they sustain that? Well, that's going to be the you know the part of the the player development because you're going to have to have a lot of significant players come up from the minor leagues to do it. Um, so with that being said, uh, it, it's not this. It's not one size fits all for every owner and franchise and all this stuff. Um, I, I uh, you know, it would hurt because we all want JT here if we saw him go. But I also can't sit here and say like, man, they didn't do it because they, they really didn't want, you know, we don't know. We, there is so much unknown with the financials and I don't want to hear about overall value of the franchise. That's when you sell it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's it. Oh man. Right. Um, Kevin, it took, I, I felt you guys taking that in a little bit. I appreciate that. You gotta, you gotta, because you know, I'm, I'm sure that there is, um, you know, as Dave and myself, I, I, I like to think that, that more than the average baseball fan, maybe, um, are, are, are pretty conscious of, 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 more than just you know that short-sighted they have to do this they have to do that um but every time you you hear something like that especially as someone who's an employee of of the phillies i mean that definitely sits with you i mean i am not on the phillies payroll dave is not on the phillies payroll but to know that i'm not and i'm i'm sorry i'm not speaking a company line either i'm telling as a person that has actually benefited from this whole thing and understood what my wife and my in in my mm. mental side was taken and, and actually given a lot of love and care by their gesture. They took right? care of, and, and that is a, big, it is a, a huge, huge thing, especially with a wife that's pregnant. Oh, uh, yeah, precisely. Yeah, and right now, especially. But which, by the way, I wish you all the all the health and safety in the world. I Appreciate mean, it. I. Kid's going to come out I, raking for sure. Yeah, seriously. I can't <laughs> come wait. Come out swinging. Yeah. And talking a lot of crap. I mean, that's, I mean, that's going to be two fun, things huh? for sure. 2040 draft is going to be sweet. <laughs> uh, no, truly, I, I, I hope everything uh, stays as, mm, as safe and healthy as it can. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, we, of uh, course. We're, we're excited. And we, and I bet you we, are. You know, we don't take for granted anything. You know, and, and knowing sure. that this time has been hard for so many people. Um, yeah. Well, we around the world. I mean, this is, it, it's not just here in the States. Obviously, with Dave and, and, and everyone over there, it's like, it's. Well, it's, well, it's, it's tough because we, we, we've got a one year old, and um, my wife was uh, on paternity, maternity during COVID, and then her job went with COVID. So we were down to nothing. So we, like you said, you said take nothing for granted. That's something that I've learned a lot this year is hey, to, hey, uh, through, through our, our toughest times, we find out about a lot about ourselves and we mm. reimagine how yes, we sir. think about our, ourselves and our situations. And, uh, we, 
obviously don't want situations like this, but it was dealt. And it's how you handle it. Exactly. It's how you, you move forward. Uh, and it's when you look to your right and left, you got someone significant next to you. And, uh, you know, we're, we got to remember that there's been a lot of, a lot of love to, in our family, you know, in our, in our household. And I think that, uh, you know, you're not going to take for granted. You can't be like, you know, five years down. Remember the COVID year? Yeah. We, we spent all, no, it's remember that COVID year. Yeah. It sucked. But I got more time with you guys than I ever did. Hey, amen right. to that. Yeah, exactly. I, I got to see my baby take his first steps, say his first oh words. God. I wouldn't have if if, if, he, if I was working. So because I was furloughed for a long time. So a lot of I've taken a lot of positives out this year because you've, you've got to. You, you can't you have, dwell. You have to because we if we dwell, right, it's just like hitting. If you dwell on everything all the time, it just snowballs. Full circle, baby. Well, we, yeah, we're right full around. circle. Absolutely. That's why he's Kevin Francis. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining I, us. I appreciate you guys. I mean, like, seriously, it was fun talking baseball, talking Phillies with you guys, and uh, stay safe. Yeah, and, and please right. come back, come back again. Uh, end of the year. Tell hopefully, me when. Hopefully talking postseason, maybe. Oh gosh. I love your thought. <laughs> I'm always glass half full. Always glass half full. All uh, right, I, thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much, mate. Stay safe. Uh, Alex. And uh, Alex, thank you, mate. Thank you for joining oh, me. Of course. Anytime. Pleasure. Any place. Always. Um, guys, that is all for this episode. Uh, we'll be recapping the uh, Nats series and looking forward to the Mets series in the next episode. Uh, and hopefully we can keep that mentality, that fight, that fight that we have shown this last week and last night as well. Um, it's It's been a good week. Despite the, the loss, Alex, I am still feeling positive. Oh, oh absolutely. And I, I'm pumped for this week. Nats, Mets, bring it on. Then the Red Sox, then the Marlins for a whole week. Looking forward to it. All right. Me too. Let's do it. Alex, ring the bell, mate. Ring the bell, Dave. Thank you.